0: Uh, At least, I'm I'm planning on two more weeks of practicing tonight, and then um, uh, two weeks from tonight, uh, we'll be, the Lord willing, we'll be with the group going to college days, and so tonight, and then one more time after that, but we're going to be, um, we're going to practice a little bit more, and I can tell you're all so excited about that. All right, so I need a man and a lady who have not been up here to come up here. Yeah, I, yeah. don't wave at me. I need not, no teens. I need a man and a lady that I haven't been up here. Come on, yeah, just, yeah, whoever. We'll take couples, yeah. I'll let y'all witness to each other. Because I know Brother Pablo needs to get something. <laughs> Miss Christella can help him out. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, y'all are, y'all are solid. All the way over here, all the way. Yeah, Brother Pablo, you can come over here. And you stay over there. I want to create contention here? All right, all right. So this is a this is a scenario that that I encounter quite a bit. And it, you don't you don't have to dig hard to find these. You have you do have to be paying attention. Um, most of the time, I think I think you'd agree with this that we miss out on a lot of opportunities to at least start a conversation because we're not paying attention uh, because we maybe just a little distracted or focused on other things, but if we're paying attention just through daily living, this is a particular one that I run into frequently. I'm learning to, to try to be a little more aware of it and learning how to, how to ask without coming across as prying. And so I listen, I listen for certain words. Um, last, last week, Got to minister to someone in a specific situation just at a gas station because I've, I just, I try to, I'm not perfect in this, but I try to listen for certain things. And then when I heard it, when I heard what the trigger was, then I have questions I follow up with. And so you ask, and then you find out things are going on. And if people even kind of think you're interested when they're going through hardship, then a lot of times they're going to be willing to open up to you, and and it opens the door to opportunity, it does. And so you just, just kind of have to, you kind of have to pay attention to it. So we're going to do two different scenarios, okay? So, the scenario is, I'm going through some kind of difficulty in my life, okay? So, I'm going to be your coworker, and and you're going to be noticing that I'm I'm down, one day. I'm just. Not my normal, awesome, cheery self. Okay. All right. And uh, you are going to be, do you ever go to the gas station, grocery store, or anything like that? You're going to be at a gas station, and you happen to be checking out when nobody else is in line to check out. You just hit it. Sometimes you hit gas stations at the right time, and there's nobody else, there's nobody else trying to check out. And it doesn't happen all the time, but you have a minute, and you're like, huh, nobody's in here. I can talk to you through the, through the glass. <laughs> I'm just putting my nose up against it. Hey, let's talk. Okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> Look, we're doing this. You might as well enjoy it, okay? So we'll go, we'll go ladies first. So Ms. Christella, um, if you don't mind standing, can you turn this mic on and up a little bit? And so um, right now yeah right now you're just you're just going what we're going to be keen in on, I'm going to give you an indication that something's not right. And then the goal is to ask a question to get me to talk. okay? so So remember, a whole lot of a whole lot of engaging people is learning how to ask the right questions. It, it's just getting comfortable, learning how to ask, learning how to keen in on certain things. And whether you know this or not, there are a whole lot of people having a really hard time with a lot of different things. And the fear is we just, we don't know what to ask, we don't know what to say, but you have the answer. You do have the answer. You're like, well, I don't know how to solve all their problems. But you know the one who knows how to help them. (laughs) And the goal, listen, the goal in these things is not to fix everybody's problem. The goal in this is to introduce them to the one who can deal with their problems, and that's Jesus Christ. And so you start these conversations, and uh, you, you can be surprised where that comes. So come up here, Ms. Christella. I'm going to be my normal ridiculous self, so you get a little closer to the microphone. Thank you for being willing to come up here. I know this is nerve-wracking a little bit. All right, so you're buying two Red Bulls and a candy bar, because I can just tell that it's, you're a Red Bull kind of girl. You married him. You obviously like to live on the edge. So, all right. Everybody's loose now. We good? Okay. We've got, is, yeah. Is this all? Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. How's your day going? Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty crummy. Ready for it to be over.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Are you towards the end of your shift?
0: Okay. Right there. You see what's happening? Okay. What, it, what is the tendency? When someone said, man, it's going kind of crummy. we just like, okay, bye. <laughs> true or not, that's what we feel. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes we do that because we just don't care like we should. A lot of times, though, we, we, we back off because we're afraid we don't know what to say. Yeah, true. People, people are not looking for someone. Let, let, me, let me start that over you don't have to have all the answers of life in order to be a help to somebody. And just the fact that you're interested. Like this, this dude working or this girl working, this, working at this cash register has probably dealt with like 500 people and maybe, maybe 1% of them have asked how their day was going. And probably even less than that, have actually cared how their day was going. And some of them have been irritated or grumpy and just want you to do what I need to get me on my way so I can do what's important to me. That person has not been important to anybody. They have been a means to an end. I need to get fuel. I need to get stuff. I need to get snacks. I need to get on my way. They're a means to an end. But that person hasn't really mattered to a whole lot of people just a dude or a girl that gets me where I'm going. She is right away, how is your day going? And then when I'm whining, which is terrible customer service, but we don't care, <laughs> what we want is to minister to people, and I just follow up with a question. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Are, are, you at the end of, are you at the end of your shift? Yes. Yeah. Uh, i got a I got a couple more hours. It can't get here soon enough
1: it'll
0: go by quickly. I don't know. So,
1: what's
0: going on? Is anything going on? Oh, I, you know, I just I, I got some I yeah, I got some stuff going on with my family. My my grandma's sick and I just I don't know why I'm still scanning. But <laughs> you got a lot of red bulls. <laughs> my uh my grandma is my grandma's sick and then my boss uh, it's, wow. just, it's just hard right now. You know, you got, a, you got a lot of stuff going. You have a lot of stuff going on.
1: Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. But um, can I leave this track with you? You know, um, I'd like to invite you to our church, and there's a phone number and a message, you know, on here. And you can, yeah. you know, maybe our pastor can, you can give him a call, and you can um, tell him what's going on, and he'd be willing to visit with your grandma and
0: stuff. Yeah. Okay. What did she do? No, somebody tell me what she did. Yeah, she went fishing. Is it true? Miss Rhonda said she reminded you of what's going on. But but she she did this. She made she made this accessible and relevant to what is happening in in this person's life. Okay? So someone so I say my grandma is sick. And now you're telling me that there's a pastor who's willing to go pray with her or something like that. It just, it, just, it opens the door. Um, so, and, and right right there, and just, I mean, without my interruptions, that's 30 seconds. Right there, you've opened up the door to even following up more. So, so let's say that people have started to come up. And, you, and as a good witness, you have to be aware so then you're just like okay well listen I'm I'm gonna, you, you say something like this I'm going to pray for you. What's your name? It's right here on the tag. David. Yeah, sure. So Hi
1: David. I mean yeah. David, I'm going to be praying for you, okay? Well, thank
0: you I so much. I see that people are coming yeah. up, but
1: if you have any questions call that
0: number. I appreciate maybe. you giving this to me. Okay. All right, so that's one way. That's one way to do it. it. And then you go out and you you sit in the parking lot and you pray for them. And you uh you say Lord I just pray that they follow up. That's great. Nobody, nobody's back there. And so then you can, you can take it this way. You know, our pastor would be, our pastor would be more than happy to come visit you or something like that. And you're not, you're not pushing, you're just making it available. So what's a way you, if you have time, you've made the church, you've made your pastor, you've made us accessible to them. How can you turn it then to getting them to think about themselves Okay, this is what I was hoping for. No, this is, this is exactly, when I was planning out this scenario, this is exactly what I was waiting for. And, and I was hoping that it would come out. All right? And that is this. You have been through difficulties in your life. You know what difficulty is like. It, people need to be, be able to relate to us. And she didn't, she didn't tell me, I have the answer you need. She's telling me, I have been where you are. Okay, continue. Okay.
1: <laughs> and um, that load that I was carrying was so heavy that I couldn't carry it by myself. And so somebody told me about Jesus Christ and how he can help me. And so, and it was actually my husband. And so I went ahead and I just... Instead of carrying that load and struggling through life, I went ahead and knelt by our sofa and asked Jesus Christ to come to my heart and he could do the same thing for you.
0: Okay, so you say, well, that's not really an effective witness. You go look at what the Apostle Paul did. And you know what he did? He told the people he was witnessing to what Jesus had done for him. That's what he did. He, Jesus, Jesus loved me. And when, when I came to him, I was in great difficulty. And so here, now look, I'm obviously going to have questions. And you say, and you've got to keep in mind the principle, some plant, some water, God gives the increase. But right away, you you have taken the focus to, number one, I care about you. Number two, there are actually people who will help you with this situation. Number three, can I tell you what has been a help to me? And you know who's been a help to her primarily? It's Jesus Christ. Okay, so I have a question. So, you know, I've, I've, heard, about, I've heard about Jesus, but I don't, I don't really understand that. And I, you know, honestly, I, I appreciate you talking to me, but I kind of wonder if, if God even loves me right now.
1: He does love you. And you know what? I know that it's a lot to take in, but what I can do for you right now is pray for you. Can I pray
0: for you, David? Yeah, I'd appreciate that. Okay, right, right there. It's, so I'm not, I'm not going to say God won't. I'm, uh, nothing is impossible with him. You say, is it likely that a person gets saved right then? I don't know. But you know what you've just given them an opportunity to do? Get saved. <laughs> and honestly, without all of my ridiculous interruptions, that's like, that's like a minute and a half if it just flows, and uh, that is, the, a lot of that was literally how a conversation went for me, not just last week, just stuff like this pops up, and you're like, here you go, here's the gospel. The key was this, the key was being willing to ask, and then to follow up with another question. Don't run away because people are having a hard time. If they are willing to give you indication that something is really bothering them, it is an opportunity to bring them to Jesus Christ, or rather to bring Jesus Christ to them. All right? Great job, sis. Praise the Lord. All right? Come on. What's our job?
2: Um, You're the uh, manager and I'm the maintenance.
0: Whoa. oh. I like this get up here to the microphone all right remember normally I'm cheerful yeah all right because I'm a good manager all my all my employees love me Ramirez what's taking you so long dude Come hey, on, bro. Actually,
2: I've been here all morning waiting for you to. I haven't,
0: me. man. I haven't seen you. Come on, where where are you at on this? Are you getting this? Are you gonna get this done,
2: Levi? What's wrong with you, Levi? You don't seem yourself. Levi,
0: I don't want to be Levi. Levi. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. Keeping it loose. Mm-hmm. Okay, man. Look. All right. All right. Look, Ramirez. I, Ramirez. Sh- I yeah. I just need to chill out, man. I'm...
2: What's I'm sorry, going on, Levi?
0: man. I don't want to bother you with that. It, you know it's what? No, it's no bother. Well, well, honestly, man. I just, me and my wife are having some serious issues,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it, and bro, I just, I don't think it's gonna work out, and I'm just really, I'm just really angry right now.
2: You know, Levi, a friend of mine always says, don't ever. Um, make any serious decisions when you're in in some strong emotions. Anger is one.
0: Yeah, I understand yeah. that, but
2: and one of the things, you know, that Levi that you got to remember, I've been there as well.
0: Really? Yeah. You've had marriage problems?
2: My wife actually left me. Really? Yes, we had three children, small children because I was not I was not a good husband. I was a terrible husband and she left me. But you know what? I went to the Lord and I got saved because I know that she needed a real husband. Okay. A husband that, that, that loves her. And you know what, uh, Levi? You need to do the same thing. Just because you get saved doesn't mean you're, all your problems are going to be solved. But one of the things that happened in our lives, the only reason my wife and I are still married it's because of the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: So let me ask you a question. Go ahead. How did Jesus help you be a better husband? Because, man, I've, I've been to churches before, mm-hmm. and there's hypocrites there.
2: There are hypocrites everywhere. Well, but one of the things that you got to remember. My general
0: manager is a hypocrite.
2: <laughs> one of the things you got to remember that when I got saved, God took time to, to, sh- to show me and change me. It wasn't an overnight thing. But the thing is that through the word of God, he showed me what kind of husband my wife needed. He showed me what kind of, of dad my kids needed. And I needed to change that. There was, uh, my, my vocabulary was terrible. But you know what? One day when I was at church, we're having a, a men's um, prayer meeting uh, on a Saturday. And they were talking about certain things. And I said something. And all the men started laughing. And I leaned over to Brother Wilson. and I go, Brother Wilson, what did I say? He goes, you said a bad word. And I go, I did? What did I say? He goes, this is what you said. And I go, is that a bad word? <laughs> he goes, yes. And because of that, God started changing my vocabulary to replace all those bad words.
0: But, but the
2: same thing can happen between you and your wife. see,
0: that's what I need. But I'm afraid it's too late, Ramirez. It is
2: never too late. Never too late. You can change. Because in in order for your marriage to change, God has to change you.
0: Man, that woman needs to change.
2: (laughs) You know what? God's not dealing with your wife. Who is he dealing with right now?
0: Well, it kind of seems like he's dealing with me. That's
2: right. That's right. And the way he dealt with me, he'll deal with you too. God said, you know, that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ. He says, for all, for, uh, for, um, I got to remember. Oh, you're
0: all good here. <laughs> you
2: know, he, he said, that God, God said, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what God did. He sent His Son as a gift for us. And yeah, we're all sinners, but in order for us to change, we gotta remember that 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 God that um for, uh, for um for the for for all have sinned and come short of the glory of well, God.
0: Well, I know my wife's a sinner.
2: Yes, and so are you. Have you ever have you ever uh, 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 said a bad word?
0: Well. Yes.
2: Have you ever lied? Not to you. (laughs) (laughs) But you've lied.
0: Probably.
2: Yeah. You know, have you ever looked at upon a woman to lust after?
0: Man, come on! What's this have to do with anything?
2: Because those are sins, and God says, "For the wages of sin is death." It is death. We all have to pay for our sins if we if we don't receive. Well, how do we? I'm trying to do good,
0: Ramirez. It just doesn't seem like at home it's making any difference.
2: It will make a difference if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ and, the, and your wife sees a new man. Whoa. You see, because in, 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 in uh, Romans chapter five, uh, five, verse eight, it says, but God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God proved his love.
0: So what do I do? How do you
2: prove your love to your wife? Whoa. Do you prove your love?
0: It's been a long time. Yeah. Why? I guess God
2: shows us that He loves us every single day. Gives you breath, doesn't He?
0: He does. And so he what shows, do I do?
2: All you gotta do is to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, "Whosoever believeth in Him shall, uh, um, whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life." That's so what we you just, do believe? just believe yes, it is trusting God, not yourself, because I tried it, I tried doing whatever I wanted to do in life so I can make it to heaven, but I always failed, and, and God, Jesus yes, filled that He did because he took your sins upon himself so that you can see heaven and not hell.
0: all right, look, man. I'm sorry that I was grumpy. I really want to talk to you about this more. I got I to gotta go check on these other losers, but maybe we, can, maybe we can talk about this some more later. We
2: will. I appreciate it. I would like to talk to you more
0: about okay, it. Okay. Well, you got my number, so just okay. hit me up. All right. So, hang on, hang on. What, what, what did he do when I bit his head off? What did he do? Asked. Asked you know what he could have done he could have been offended so here's here's another way it can go ask me how i'm doing how are you doing i'm doing terrible don't talk to me because you're getting on my nerves right now
2: all right well i'll pray for you get your work yeah whatever
0: get your work done okay it could have gone look it could have gone like that all right but at least he tried sometimes it's going to go the other way i've seen it i have i have seen it go the other way perfect strangers be ready to punch me in the face, but then I go back to them, and there is a completely different spirit when they see what I'm not trying to do and what I am trying to do. You have to you have to be willing to f- say, "What's going on? What, I I'm not trying to make you mad. I'm sorry if I am, but but what's happening right now?" And so just the effort to engage, and then and then when I tell him something, do you see the willingness to be transparent? Hey we can't pretend like everything in our lives is pristine. Don't, don't make up stories about yourself, but if you can relate to something, relate to it. It it doesn't mean you give every gory detail, and it doesn't mean you be something that you're not, but if you can relate, if you can say, you know, I've had some rough times in my marriage, then say, had some, I understand where you're coming from a little bit, and I, can I tell you what helped me? And Man, you have opportunities right there to help people understand there is hope. And I love what he said. Do not be careful about doing this. Do not, do not write checks and make promises that Jesus does not write or that Jesus does not make. He, and he was careful to point that out. But he said, what you're, he never promised that my marriage was going to be better. But he said, if you will put your faith in Jesus Christ, it will make you a better husband which is a true statement, which has the effect of hopefully improving your marriage. Here's what can happen a lot of times is that we want to avoid people's problems and just get to the gospel, but we need to use people's problems as an avenue to communicate the gospel too. You know the woman at the well? Jesus didn't try to circumvent her problems. He, in fact, brought her problems out. Go call your husband. Oh, I don't have a husband. Right. Let me tell you what you have. And he used that as an avenue. All right. Great job, brother. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. All right. That actually happened? Well, I Hallelujah. (laughs) I guess you should be a better employee. I don't know what to tell you. That's a joke. That's a joke. Praise the Lord. That's good. That is good stuff. So I was gonna I was thinking while this was going on. It sounds like you've done this before. sounds like you've had that conversation so that is wonderful. All right, we are in lesson 3 um establishing new Christians and point number 2 uh church growth or excuse me nurturing growth is the first blank. I'm I'm not going to have you read I'm going to reference a, a couple of passages and uh, we're going to finish up this section tonight. This what we're getting into now is about what to do with what we dealt with last week and this week is what to do with people after they're saved and and sometimes we want to we want to have a hands-off approach like you you got saved my work's done well actually no your work's just getting started because Jesus didn't say just just minister to people until they got saved his command is to make disciples and and the witnessing is a part of a much bigger process and that process takes time and investment. So number two, nurturing growth. growth growth happens by people intentionally investing in that. Um, it, people, people don't just grow by themselves, but there has to be spiritual nutrient, spiritual investment that is poured into their life it is never convenient it is never easy but it is extremely necessary second corinthians 5 17 therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature and that has to be developed um in first thessalonians 2 verse 7 uh, through 12 uh, paul says but we were gentle among you even as a nurse cherisheth her children so being affectionately desirous of you we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. So there needs to be an awareness and a love for those that have come to Christ and a desire to help them grow. So there's ways that we can nurture growth. Letter A, fellowship and hospitality. Um, a lot of this happens at church. And and just learning to be hospitable to one another at church, then it happens um, through... In, you know, asking somebody to come to lunch, asking someone if you can buy them a cup of coffee, but, but po- putting into people's lives outside of just assembling. And, and you say, well, I can't do that with everybody. Right, but you can do it with somebody. You, you remember, the, uh, th- this isn't a perfect um, application, but the, the principle here would apply um, when the one that was challenging Jesus said, What do I have to do? Love your neighbor. Well, who's my neighbor? And then he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And the point is not who is your neighbor. The point is who are you being a neighbor to. And you can't do everything for everyone, but you can do something for someone. And so rather than focusing on everything you can't do, let me just ask you a question. Who are you being hospitable towards? Who are you investing in to help spiritually develop? Um, Letter B, church involvement. This is different than just attending. Um, We've really... So we have... We have four services a week where the Word of God is taught. We have Sunday school, we have morning worship, we have evening service, and we have Wednesday night. And there are several people involved in that process. And, and, and so I've, I've, I'm thinking about, I've thought about, I, I even see the benefit at times of having an actual discipleship program. But if people will just consistently be in church, they're going to get a whole lot of truth that can be a help to them and And so, before before I start trying to take people through other things necessarily, I want you to show some effort and just being here because you're gonna get a lot of stuff that can help you. Just, just be here and you can be helped by this by the truth that is going on. Um, and then letter see discipleship. And there is a time when you have one on one opportunities, you take people through different things. I love what's happening. We're trying to break down our congregation into life stage classes. And for this reason, you can help minister to people about specific issues where they're at in life. And, and that, is, that is discipleship. That's what that is. You say, what's, what's going on in the youth? Brother Feeva is trying to make disciples. Uh, what's going on in the royal heirs? Trying to disciple God's people. Well, those people are further down the road in this journey. Still trying to make disciples, hallelujah. You can still grow when you're in your 70s. You can still be used of God when you're in your 70s and 80s and 90s. The Lord can still teach you some things. And so, discipleship. Number three, uh, committed to multiplication. So eventually, and we're rushing through a lot here. Eventually... When something is invested in you, eventually you need to invest that in someone else. Now, we expect this from our children. Um, can I talk about somebody's kids besides mine? Somebody raise your hand and say, can I, I can talk about your kids. Okay. I, who, who, somebody over here. Got the Wicklands. Got the somebody else. Costas. Oh, yeah, I got people all over the place. Somebody, yeah, all your kids. No, 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 no. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about Emery right now. He's like, he's he's two, and uh, he is like his father. And that's enough. <laughs> All right. So right now, you know what there is? One-sided investment. <laughs> you say, what's Emery doing? Costing them money and making messes. (laughs) What are your kids doing? Most of them are costing you money and making your life complicated and messy. (laughs) Isn't it so much fun? (laughs) No, sometimes it's really not. (laughs) Am I always thankful? Yes. Am I always having a good time? No. (laughs) So Emery is costing them money and he is making messes. So as he has birthdays, and he takes steps, and he progresses. And you could say this about the Marchams. You could say this about James, who is the youngest. You could say this about Kate, who's the youngest. You could say this about Sadie or anybody else. As you take the youngest, and you say, where are they at? Right now, they are primarily costing you money and making messes, but you're just investing in them. You know what's gonna happen with new believers? You know what? They cost money, and they make messes. And we are not, we are not going to be a church that expects people to have everything figured out. Amen. You know, has God ever convicted you as a dad because you overreacted to a mess that your kid made because they were a kid? You know, like they spill stuff and you, Andrea, would make, Andrea would make fun of me like this in a very respectful way. I would get onto one of the kids and she would say to them, yeah, stop acting like you're three. Subtle. <laughs> a little passive-aggressive there, aren't we, sweetie? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's kind of a good point. Emery, stop acting like you're two. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me get my briefcase and go to the office and start earning an income right now. <sighs> right, so you, you expect it. We're not going to be a church that expects everybody to have everything figured out. And when a mess gets made, you know what we're going to do? We're going to act like mature parents or mature, spiritually mature people should act, should act like, and we're going to love them. It doesn't mean we don't deal with it. It doesn't mean we don't teach them how to not make a mess. But you do it in a way that shows you love them and you help them over it. So you invest in them. But after a time of investing, um, you get You turn three then you turn four, then you turn five, then you turn six, then you turn seven, then you turn eight. And I don't know what the process is like in every house. I can only tell you what Andrea's really been working on, especially since we only have boys that are younger now, is even teaching our younger boys how to do their own laundry. You know what the expectation is? You are being invested in. Eventually, you should start investing. Now, this is really, this, as a dad of in, in my house, this is important to me. I firmly believe this, that my wife should not be doing everything in the house. You say, I disagree with that. Okay, you can be wrong. She should not be doing everything in the house because there are eight other people in that house that can contribute to varying levels. So right now, it's okay that Emery is two, but Emery should not stay two. Here's the, I'm going to throw in some parenting advice. You know what the problem is with a lot of parents? You want to treat your seven-year-old like they're two. And you never raise your expectations of them. Yeah, well, that was helpful. You know what, we're also not, we're going to be kind with people, but you know what we're also going to do? Expect people to mature because we believe the Bible. And so we're going to say, hey, you know what, it's okay that that happened. And listen, it's, it's going to be fine, but this is how you deal with that. And this is how you take a step of maturity. And eventually, you take enough steps of maturity, you know what you can start doing? Picking up your own room, cleaning up your own mess, doing your own dish, learning to take out the trash, learning to invest. No, we we want it. We, we expect this in work. You go and you start a new job. Okay, it's going to take you a while to figure things out. A right kind of boss is going to be okay with that. There is a learning curve, and we're going, to, we're going to help you, we're going to equip you, and we're going to understand mistakes will be made. But eventually, we expect you to make progress and become beneficial to the company. All right, so we expect that spiritually. We're committed to multiplication. How do you do that? Letter A, intentional involvement. Encourage. Under letter A, encourage them to invite others to church. Take them out witnessing with you. Number two. Number three, offer to help them learn how to share the gospel. You know what this should help you do? Help others learn how to witness. Just start with your own kids. Start with your spouse. You help each other in that. Help others learn how to share the gospel. Letter B, private prayer. You have to pray for people to grow You cannot underestimate the need for prayer in the lives of God's people. And um, do you pray for your kids? Do you? All right, we gotta pray for spiritual kids too. God help them to grow. Not just teaching them to pray, but praying for them. Let her see faithfulness. You say, what's the... What's one of the biggest challenges in Christian, in modern Christianity here in America? It's faithful. Just being faithful. Life is a grind, and it's just being here all the time. Uh, Matt, Brother Max and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. He we came coming in on Sunday morning like, how you doing? He's like, doing it. And then I said, it's a grind, isn't it? Yep. And you know what? Most of produ- being a productive life, living a productive life at anything requires just grinding you got to grind it out you got to grind it out as a parent you got to grind it out in marriage you got to grind it out at your job you got to grind it out in keeping your house clean you got to grind it out at educating your children it's not like we're always living up on the mountaintop it's a grind but there is no substitute for just being faithful just reading your bible is every day going to feel like a revival no but every day you're getting something if you're open in this book whether you know it or not Are you going to feel like being at church all the time? No, but every time it's good for you to be here, whether you know it or not. So be faithful, remain faithful as a Christian. Number two, learning how to remain faithful as a witness. Remaining remaining faithful as a witness. All right, that is it for tonight. I do appreciate you being here. Lord, thanks for the time. Thank you for your people. Pray that you would bless um bless us as we make an effort to be a witness for you, Lord. Bless your, your people as they, as they work to grow. And God, thank you that we can invest in people. Help us to love you. Help us to honor you. And Lord, to be a place where disciples are made. And I love, I love the thought of that. And it's not going to happen without your blessing. And it's not going to happen without intentional effort on our part. So help us to be a church where people learn how to follow Jesus. And it's in your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. All right.